0: welcome to another episode of the Boundless Gamers podcast. This is episode 45. My name is Mike, and this week, nobody is joining me. That's right, I'm flying solo. Ash is busy right now with a job opportunity, and Indy is still recovering from being sick. Plus, he's also been doing a lot of streaming on our Boundless Gamers Twitch channel. And on top of that, he wanted to do something with his mom for Mother's Day so completely understandable that's why you only have me I'm sorry if you don't want to hear this episode and you want to wait for the next one that's totally cool I I get it You you don't like me and that's okay we're not gonna hate you for that anyways uh yeah so last week we didn't have an episode and that's because all three of us were very very busy especially me Because I had housework done. I had a heater and central air system installed. It took them two days to put all that shit together. And one of the days, they were actually here for 14 hours. And by the end of the day, my brain was just scrambled because I was just hearing noise all day long. So I couldn't get any editing done. I wasn't going to be able to do it. So I'm just like, you know what, guys? Let's just take the week off. We'll come back and regroup. All right. So real quick, I want to mention the link tree link down in the description below. Click that, and it'll bring you to all of our social media pages, even our Twitch channel, Discord. Everything's there. We made it easy for you guys. We don't want you running around all over the place, typing in "boundless gamers" on Instagram, Twitter. It's just annoying i don't even like doing that so just head on down there click that link and you're good to go by the way i'm actually not alone in this episode if you've heard my previous solo episodes before i would have uh, my friend jason in my headset via a uh, playstation party so he's listening to this all live so he's getting the live treatment Now, before we get into this episode, real quick, I just want to mention I finished watching Halo's episode seven. What I just experienced, I literally have no words. I'm speechless right now because that episode had almost nothing to do with Halo, it didn't feel like a Halo episode. And while I was watching it, I I questioned if I even played the right show. Like, am I watching the series? I literally went back. Okay, I'm joking. I didn't go back and check if I was watching it. But I I felt like that through the entire episode. Now, I'm not going to spoil anything. But I will say this. It's the Quan episode. If you've been watching the show, Quan is that one girl that you see in the beginning. The whole episode's about her, and it just doesn't feel like Halo. If Indy was here right now, and he saw this episode, he'd be flipping out, going nuts, throwing shit, whatever. <laughs> just, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but if you're watching the show, you can probably skip this episode and read maybe a few notes about it online, and you're good to go. That's how forgettable it is. It is just one of the worst filler episodes I've ever seen in my life. Anyways, let's jump into what we're playing, or should I say what I'm playing, because there's only me this week. I only have one game this week. I am playing other games, but this is the only game I've actually beaten, so I'm going to talk about it. Because going forward, I'm going to actually try and focus on games I have finished on the show. Like, if I bring it on the show, it means I finished it. Now, there is going to be some exceptions here and there, like God of War Ragnarok, or another big game that just got released. Sure, I will talk about that as soon as possible on the show, even if I didn't beat it yet. But that's just me. I'm weird. But let's get into it. The game I finished... Recently, was the brand new Trek to Yomi game. Now you can get this on Game Pass. You don't have to spend any money because I believe it's a twenty dollar game. Yeah, something like that, twenty bucks. Uh, so if you have an Xbox or if you have a PC and that's where you game on, just get the Game Pass subscription. Check it out. The first thing I want to talk about is the game's cinematic presentation and art style. You can tell Devolver Digital really poured out their creative juices. They're the guys who made this game. It has that classic Japanese action film feel throughout the entire game when you're playing it. The whole game is in black and white. Uh, It's such a beautiful thing to look at. The entire game is just stunning. Absolutely stunning. There were so many times where I just sat there and I was just like, wow. The aesthetics are just so well done in Yomi. There is this film grain that's active when you start the campaign. I turned it off because I just don't do film grains in video games. I've never liked them. I'm sure some of you will love it, though, because it does make it feel more like an old movie. Now, I didn't turn it off like immediately, so I played 20 minutes of the game with it active. I was saying to myself, maybe this will win me over. Maybe I'll really dig it in this game. But after 20 minutes of playing, it just started to bother me, so I turned it off. Now, Yomi uses a fixed camera angle, or I should say it uses fixed camera angles throughout the game. Now, when I first noticed it was doing that, I was like, oh, God, like, please, no, (laughs) please, no. Recently, I just started Castlevania Lords of Shadow, and I haven't beaten it yet, so I'm not going to talk about it fully on the show yet. But in that game, there is fixed camera angles up the ass, and it feels very unnecessary. It's always in your face, and it always seems to change at the wrong time. it doesn't feel cinematic it just feels annoying (laughs) but with trek to yomi it feels good i'm i'm happy to report it doesn't feel like shit like it, it actually enhances the experience of the game i actually think this is one of the better examples of how you do it right it's not perfect and it certainly has its annoying moments where the camera feels a bit awkward. But overall, I think they did a pretty good job with it. And you know what? I'm gonna call it right now. When Jeff Keeley's video game awards rolls around in December, I can see this game winning best art direction. Or at the very least, just getting a nominee. I I I, I can't even describe it anymore. If you really want to know what it looks like, go watch a trailer for this game. Maybe watch a little bit of the gameplay footage, maybe a few minutes, and then you'll understand what I'm trying to tell you guys. It's just a beautiful thing to look at. In some ways, it kind of reminds me of Limbo, that kind of art style. Not, not, not quite, but it has that fancy artistic look to it. I'll even say the same thing about uh, Inside the second game from the creators of Limbo. Uh, If you guys haven't played that, it's another game I highly recommend. Just a really beautiful game to look at. Now, parts of Yomi is a 2D side-scroller, and then you have other sections where it's 3D, and you have free range of where you want to go. So it's a nice balance between the two. I know some people aren't really a fan of that when it shifts back and forth, but I thought it was pretty cool in the game. Now, I'm not going to talk about the story because I don't want to spoil anything, but I'll just say this. The story is about loss, regret, honor, love, revenge, and the unknown. Your decisions will ultimately decide what kind of a person you are at the end of the game, and you'll have to decide what is really making you push forward. Yes, there is a few parts of the game where you have to make a choice. This will slightly alter the dialogue in certain sections, and from what I can tell, you'll have different cutscene endings. I don't know how many there are. Uh, If I had to take a guess, there's probably three or four. So there's a little bit of replay value there. So with that being said, I do think the story is just fine. It's interesting, and it will keep you engaged. It does a fine job at telling you the story it presents, but don't expect anything groundbreaking here. You're not going to be talking about it with your gaming buddies years from now. It's not that kind of game. Uh, I do think the game features some very weak puzzles. Now, there's not many there's only a couple you encounter, and I think most of them are in the third act. It's almost like they had plans to put puzzles throughout their game, and then they you know, then they made the game, and then they completely forgot to put them in, so they kind of just shoved them in there last second, because there's not a whole lot of thought put into them. They're very easy. Very, very easy. It pretty much tells you what you gotta do right in front of you. So it's just unnecessary they could have just cut that out i don't understand why they put that in the game i didn't have any issues with the offbeaten path exploration sections because i know some critics weren't a fan of that if you've read some of their reviews they said it felt very unnecessary and forced i didn't get that feeling i actually found it kind of cool that sometimes you would see a door where you're like can i go through that And then you go over there, and you can go through it. It's like, oh, cool. And you're in a room and has a bunch of collectibles and shit. So I didn't really have an issue with that. I don't get the hate behind that at all. Uh, By the way, you need to explore in this game. Because the collectibles are linked with you upgrading your health, stamina, ammunition for certain weapons. And some of it even unlocks new combat movesets. So look around. Don't just rush through it. Uh, The voice acting... Sounded good to me, but I don't speak Japanese. Jason, I don't know if you speak Japanese, but I don't speak Japanese. <laughs> I know you play a lot of Japanese games. I don't. So I'm not 100% sure if it's top tier acting or not. Because when I hear it, I'm just like, yeah, that sounds good. But if I had a friend sitting next to me who speaks Japanese and he heard it, he could be like, what are you talking about, man? It's shit. It's like, it's not good. So I don't know. But it sounded good to me. I guess that's all that matters. And that leads me to my next thing. You may have to adjust your brightness again after you do the initial brightness setup. Because if you don't have it just right, this is important, Jason. If you're going to play this, listen up. The white subtitles, at least for me, can sometimes be hard to read with the black and white art style. Like, if you're in a part of the game that's a little more on the bright side, you may have issues reading the dialogue. So keep that in mind when you're messing around with the brightness settings. I have mixed feelings with the game's combat system, and this is a hot-button issue with a lot of the critics. I can completely understand where they're coming from. Uh, There's times I think it's great, and then there's other times I think it's very undercooked. I like the simplistic approach they took with it, but I do think it needed just a bit more. The fighting can sometimes be a bit samey in certain sections, but I do see the potential with it. If Devolver Digital spent just a bit more time focusing on the core fighting mechanics and made it more random and less predictable, this could have been something special. It's just a very simple parry and block system. It's easy to figure out. It's not going to take you a long time to master it. It's, it's just, it is what it is. Now, it's not just katana sword fighting. You also get shurukens, a bow, one of those 16th century, I think it's either 16th century or 15th century hand cannons. I don't know how to describe it. you know what I'm talking about, Jason? You know those Japanese hand cannons they used back in the day? like four or five hundred years ago, that used powder. Yeah, it's it's similar to a blunderbuss, but it's it's smaller and it's thinner. Uh, but anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, that's in the game. So that kind of like breaks up the repetitiveness of the sword fighting a little bit. So sometimes you could throw shurikens and you fire this cannon. That gives a little bit of variety where where it's definitely needed, because if it was just katana fighting over and over and over, like you you can see how that can get repetitive. And sometimes it does get repetitive. There are sections of the game where it's you're going to feel it. But then you have other sections where it's very well implemented. So that's why I'm very mixed on it. It just it goes back and forth. Uh, I do recommend playing this game on hard just because if you're playing this on an easier setting, you're going to blow through it faster. It's not going to be as challenging and I think a game like this should be hard. I don't think it should be a pushover game. I think some of the sections in the game are specifically designed for it to be hard, especially when you're severely outnumbered by like eight dudes from both sides i I think that's where it really brings up the attention of the game if you're playing it on a harder difficulty. So that's just my opinion. It's my advice. You don't have to do it, but try playing it on the hard difficulty. Give it a go. If you like hard games, I recommend doing that. It's a good weekend game. Like it's not amazing. Uh well the, the art style is amazing and stuff like that, but when you put everything together, it's not an amazing game. I I think it's a good game. I think it's a solid 7 out of 10. It's not going to take you long to beat it. It takes about 4 to 6 hours to beat. I guess it depends on what difficulty you're playing on. If you're playing it on hard, it'll be closer to six. Playing on easy or normal, you'll be down in the four. But yeah, I I think the critics are dead on with the Metacritic score, because it's sitting at a 73 for PC. I think it has over 40 critic reviews. I think that's pretty accurate. I I, I think 7 out of 10 is where this game lands at the end of the day. I don't think it's any better than that. I don't think it's worse. It's just a solid, good game. But yeah, that is it for what we're playing. I guess we can move on to the inventory. Let's see. We have five news items in the bag this week. Now, do keep in mind, we didn't have an episode last week. So there might be a few old-ish things in here. But who cares? You just want to hear my opinion. But anyway, let's kick this off. Number one, Sega's pulling standalone Sonic games ahead of Sonic Origins Arrival. This new story comes from Kotaku. Before Sonic Orange, Orange, Orange's (laughs) Sonic's Oranges. I'm not even going to cut that out because that sounds funny. Before Sonic Origins launches on June 23rd, Sega decided it's going to delist several classic Sonic re-release games. Sonic the Hedgehog 1, 2, Sonic & Knuckles, and Sonic CD. Won't be available to purchase on digital platforms after May 20th. I also want to mention that Sega said to the press that there's a few exceptions with this. Um... Hold on, let me get the quote. I actually don't have it in front of me. Not prepared, I know. Lazy bastard. Uh, Okay, here we go. Quote, Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2 will remain available via Sega Ages on the Nintendo Switch. And Sonic the Hedgehog 2 will still be playable via Sega Genesis on Nintendo Switch Online. But other than that, you won't be able to buy these games individually anymore. That is horseshit on so many levels. I absolutely hate it when companies do this. How many times are you going to re-release the same game? Or same games, I should say. Because I know me and Jason, we own it on Xbox. We own most of the old Sonic games on Xbox. I think we actually own every single one. I'm pretty sure we do, right, Jason? We have Sonic & Knuckles 2, 3, CD. Oh, not the pinball one. No, they don't have it on there. But they do have Sonic the Fighters on Xbox, and that game's horrible. (laughs) That horrible fighting game that they never put in collections, and there's a reason for that, because it's literally one of the worst fighting games I've ever played. But yeah. Anyways, we have them all on the Xbox. I really don't see a reason to get this collection. Yeah, okay, they put a few enhancements in it. And they added some challenges, and of course, you got the trophies and the achievements. But 40 bucks for four Sonic games? I don't know. Number two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 has been officially announced and will arrive later this year. This is the sequel to the 2019 Modern Warfare game, which I was a big fan of. I really liked the campaign in that one. I I thought that was one of the better recent Call of Duty campaigns. Uh, So this has me a bit excited. I have the platinum for the first one, so that right there should tell you how much I liked it. The cool thing about this is there's a very good chance, or actually probably is going to happen... Uh, that this game is going to be on Game Pass Day 1 because of the Microsoft Activision acquisition. If you can just turn on your Xbox uh, Series S or X and just download it without having to pay anything extra if you have Game Pass. (sighs) I mean, Microsoft knows what they're doing. They're not stupid. All right, number three. On Sunday, June 12th, there's going to be a live Xbox and Bethesda games showcase. Let's hope this is the beginning of Microsoft's heavy-hitting lineup because they have a lot of exclusive IPs under their belt. With them owning Bethesda now, we have Starfield coming to Game Pass on November 11. And that's if it actually launches on November 11. It's possible it could get delayed, but we'll see. Uh, And of course, they have Indiana Jones now, Doom, Wolfenstein, a whole bunch of other shit. I'm really hoping they have Wolfenstein, not Wolfenstein, sorry. I hope they have some more footage of Indiana Jones. I'll even take a CGI trailer, another one of those. I just want to see if they're going to be using Harrison Ford's likeness. We don't know yet. We also don't know if this game is going to be in first-person or third-person. But the guys who are working on this, they make the Wolfenstein games. So it's kind of up their alley with the whole Nazi shit. Because you know, there's Nazis and Wolfenstein. And, yeah, and, of course, in some of the Indiana Jones stories, you have the Germans. So I'm pretty sure it is going to be a, a, a Nazi story. They're probably going to be looking for some artifact. And, and then Indiana Jones is going to get involved. And then we got a whole other adventure going. I I do think we need to see a little bit more of that soon and i'm hoping this is the place for it in june so we're just gonna have to wait and see um what happens with all that but i'm very excited for this and we're definitely going to cover it on the show when oh i should say after it happens it's gonna be fun let's just hope it's good number four square enix sells tomb raider deus ex and all the studios behind these ip's which include Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix's Montreal team. And all these teams were sold to Embracer, the Swedish gaming group company. This was a huge surprise. I was genuinely shocked to hear this transaction. Now, I could see them selling off Deus Ex. I know I just triggered Jacques right now because he's a big Deus Ex fan, (laughs) but... Deus Ex was going to get put on the shelf, and they probably weren't going to go back to it for a long, long, long time. So I, I could see them selling Deus Ex. But Tomb Raider, on the other hand, Tomb Raider always sells well. At least it, it sells enough to where it's profitable. And it's one of the most known classic IPs in the video game industry that most people in the world would instantly recognize. So it really sucks that Square didn't feel like holding on to it anymore. But maybe it's in better hands now. Who the hell knows? I probably would have preferred Microsoft, Sony, or even 2K. I would have probably preferred those companies purchasing these IPs and, and the developer teams. But at least we're getting a new Tomb Raider game. We can look forward to that. All right, the last news item this week is about the PS5. The PS five restock issues may not get better till twenty twenty four. This news story comes from tech radar. This is coming from a recent interview with Intel's CEO Pat Gelsinger. Pat said we believe the overall semiconductor shortage will now drift into twenty four. From our earlier estimates in two thousand twenty three, I gotta stop saying that. 2023. Just because the shortages have now hit equipment, and some of those factory ramps will be more challenged. Galsinger previously predicted that the chip shortages, which have impacted PS5, Series X, and Nintendo Switch stock, would probably end in 23, but now admits that there still won't be enough chips to meet demand in the following years. It's only May 22, Jason. May 22. We're not even in 23 yet. So hearing this 2024 stuff must be pretty scary for Sony right now. Because last month, um, some of you might have forgotten, but Microsoft paid for chip priority access. So they're getting more chips. They're getting more and they're getting more and they're getting more. They're getting a lot more than Sony. And that's why you've been seeing way more Series X drops recently. I even saw two Series X systems at my local Walmart not that long ago. I've never seen a PS5 out in the wild, unless you count those little display ones behind the glass, which I don't. But I've never seen one available to purchase. It's always the Series S, and it's always the Series X. At this rate, the Series X... NS S consoles sales will pass PS5 sales numbers soon. As time goes by, the people who only wanted a PS5 are going to bite the bullet and pick up a series console. This is also another reason why I think the PSVR two will get pushed back even further. There's just not enough PS5 systems in people's homes. They've sold a decent amount already. I don't know the exact number, but it's pretty damn high. And I know this is off topic, but I have a feeling Sony is thinking about making the VR2 compatible with the PS4. I know it wasn't designed for the PS4, but the numbers just don't lie. It might not be wise to release a 400 to $500 headset when you can't even get a PS5. I don't have any insider information. I'm just pulling this out of my ass. But I just see it getting punted even further down the field. I, I just... I can't see them putting it out at the end of the year or even early next year with the current state of the PlayStation five shortage. I just, I, I don't see it unless they get it running on the PlayStation four. That conversation has to be happening right now over at Sony because you have over a hundred million PlayStation fours floating out in the wild and you're having a hard time getting the PS five out on store shelves. So, so what do you do? Do you delay it again and again and again? Sure. Or do you find a way to get this thing running on the PlayStation 4 so more people can buy it? Someone's going to have to make that call at some point. Um, so I'm very curious what they're going to do. But yeah, uh, that's it for the news. I can put the bag away. No more news stories. Get out of here. We can actually move on to the topic of the show now. Uh, the topic this week is the future of handheld gaming. Now, things have gotten very interesting with portable gaming recently. We have now entered into a new Battlefield. not trying to make a Battlefield 2042 reference here. Just get that out of your head. (laughs) But yeah, we are entering into a new Battlefield uh, where you have PC handheld devices. You have the Steam Deck, the Ioneo Next, the 1X player. And there's even uh, a few others that are currently in development right now. No, no. I'm not talking about the Soldier Boy portable device, Jason. I heard that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the real shit. You know the, you know, the shit that's actually good and that's being put out by companies and not Soldier Boy. All he did was just take some Chinese knockoff product and stuck his name on it and then he resold it for astronomical prices. What was it, like six, seven hundred bucks? Something like that? Oh, four hundred. You know, either way, still too expensive. But yeah, I, I know that Ioneo and One X is uber expensive, guys. I'm sure you've been screaming that while I've been talking about the Soldier Boy bullshit. They are very expensive. They're $1,300 to $1,400. That's just bonkers. The Steam Deck, however, is affordable. Valve is offering its consumers three different options. A 64 gig model, that's 400 256 gigabyte for 529 that's the one I have uh, reserved. The hell knows when I'm going to get it, but yeah, whatever. And then you have the 512 model for 649 These things are very powerful PCs disguised as a portable handheld gaming device. These are computers. They're computers. They are computers. They have a desktop mode. All that shit. You can literally use it as a computer if you want. If you have a monitor, you hook it up to that, it's your computer. It's crazy how these new PC handhelds have the power to run modern AAA games on the go. You can play Elden Ring. Elden Ring, the brand new game from From Software, you could play that on a portable device. Could you imagine us having something like that back in the like late 80s to mid to the late 90s? No, I, I can't imagine that. We had the Game Gear, the Game Boy. We had uh, a Game Boy Color. And then once we start getting into the 2000s, you had Game Boy Advance and so on and so forth. And the list goes on. But I, I can't even imagine having that at the age of like 10 or 11. Let's say I go in a time machine. I go back in time, and I hand myself a Steam Deck, my younger self. Or Switch, or you know, any of the modern handheld devices. My mind would be blown all over the walls, just splattered everywhere. I, 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 My brain wouldn't be able to compute what's happening in my hands while I'm playing it. So we've really went extremely far in this... Uh, realm like we, we we, they've really advanced technology as you know as the technology advances we get cooler and cooler shit and things could become smaller and smaller and smaller so now we have the ability to bring these tiny little computers uh these powerful pc gaming computers in our hands i know we have phones and tablets and all that but you understand what i'm saying guys the hardcore heavy shit running natively in your hands it's just it's just insane Here, picture it like this. Imagine having a small PlayStation 4 Pro or Series S in your hand. That's what the Steam Deck is kind of offering to people. It actually outperforms the base model PS4 in some areas, which is crazy. Uh, There seems to be a lot of demand for these things right now, and I really do think this is here to stay, and it's going to be one of the four main options now, and those being Mobile games on your phones, tablets—that's uh, one. Uh, then, of course, you have streaming with like Microsoft's X Cloud, Stadia. I know that failed, but Microsoft is succeeding in that area. So, yeah, that's the second one. And of course, you have the Nintendo Switch, and it's a second Switch that's probably going to come out very soon. I'd say probably in the next year or two. You know, the Nintendo Switch Two. You have that. And then you have this new PC handheld thing, which I am happy about because I want some sort of competition for Nintendo. I know it's not going to affect their sales numbers. Nintendo's been around for a long, long time. The original Game Boy came out in 1989, I believe. Is that correct, Jason? I think that's right. Yeah, 89. They've been doing this for 33 years. 33 years. And the only one who even came close to them was Sony. The first PlayStation portable they released sold over 80 million units, and they still couldn't put a dent in Nintendo. So if they can't do it, nobody's doing it. But it's still cool to have these other options out there. Because I, I want to get into the PC world. So these PC handhelds are giving me that option without having to like actually get a freaking computer and all that. I don't want all of that shit. I I want a handheld device. I know I have the Switch, but it didn't quite fulfill all of my needs. I wanted something more powerful, and here you go. So they're filling a niche right now. There is a demand, there is a community of people who want these things, and I do think these things are here to stay. Now, you may have noticed I didn't mention Sony possibly getting back into the handheld market. Now, I I know many of you, including me, uh, we want another PlayStation Portable device, but I just don't think we're going to get another one. I just don't see it happening. Because in my opinion, the Steam Deck has pretty much squashed that from ever happening. Let's, Let's all sit down and just think. Valve has put out a device that can officially play some of Sony's main exclusives because it's on Steam. Like Some of their Sony games are on Steam. You have God of War, the 2018 game, Horizon Zero Dawn, Days Gone, Death Stranding, and all future titles Sony decides to put on PC. How can Sony compete with that at a price point that's affordable? They can't, and they they won't make a device that's on par with last-gen and modern consoles. The guys over at Digital Foundry, they ran some tests, and they found out the Deck outperforms the base model PS4 when they did side-by-side comparisons with Horizon Zero Dawn and some of the other Sony titles. And let's not forget, this thing can run PlayStation Portable, PS1, PS2, PS3, depending on what the game is, and, uh, you know, because the PS3 emulator is still a work in progress. Let's just say that. So some stuff works great. Some other stuff works like shit. So, But I wouldn't even be surprised if people can get the Vita running on this thing via emulators. And let's not forget they're having the huge PS5 shortage that we just talked about. So, their resources are very limited. Look, do I want a PlayStation Vita 2? Yes. But is it actually going to happen? No. The Steam Deck is your new PlayStation. It is. It's your new PlayStation Portable. And Xbox device, if you want to go that route, too. Uh, I know you can uh, stream Xbox Game Pass right now, but... Uh, it seems like Microsoft and, um, Valve are working something out, uh, because, uh, Gabe Newell said recently, I would love to have the Game Pass subscription on Steam. And then you have Phil Spencer, the head of, uh, Xbox. He has a Steam Deck and the Xbox team likes the device. So there is probably going to be an Xbox Game Pass official app on the device soon w- without having you to freaking side load in windows onto the device because that that you can do that on the steam deck but it's not a very user-friendly experience that that's the way around getting game pass to run natively but yeah i see microsoft putting the game pass app on there in the near future i think it is going to happen and when that happens and when i get the steam deck i'm going to be playing the shit out of that thing if i can download all my xbox games onto the device and it's going to create this this problem for me where I'm like, do I want to play these this Xbox game on Steam Deck or do I want to play it on my Series X? I'm going to have to go back and forth with that, so it's going to be a very uh, good problem. So yeah, why would Sony drop so much resources into another handheld? It just it, it just doesn't make sense. I, I think there was a time where it made sense for them to do another one, but they but now with all these alternative devices coming out that could play your sony exclusives Uh, i don't see it happening ever i I just don't now the nintendo switch 2 will be the next big thing and we're probably going to get that in 23 or 24 i probably lean more towards 24 i think that's a safe bet now, I do want to stress this. These PC handhelds, I know I mentioned it before, but I'm going to say it again. These handhelds aren't going to put a dent into Nintendo. Nintendo is a tank. Nobody's going to push them over. I think at this point, everybody's just trying to race for second place. But I'm glad these other devices exist, and I do think we're going to see more of them, and they're going to get better, and they're going to get smaller, and it's just, man, it's just crazy times ahead. And then, yeah, we have uh, the mobile stuff, you know, iOS, Google Play, and then you could stream games. And and that's a whole other thing. I don't want to really get into it too much, but streaming is the future. It's going to get to a point where we're going to be streaming all of our games, and it's going to feel like it's native, like it's actually running on the device. We're going to get there, but right now, we're just not there yet because of many different things, uh, online infrastructure. The United States is one of the worst rated uh places for internet. It's actually very low on the list. We're not Japan. Japan's like way up there. They're like they're like top 3. They're, they got amazing internet over there. So they could implement something like that throughout the entire country and it would probably run perfectly fine. But here the, you got data caps, you got some uh providers for your cell phone that it, it doesn't really work well and then that creates latency and compression issues and It's just not ready yet. So these devices aren't going anywhere. And the the ones that play them natively, like the deck, the switch, they're here to stay for a while until they figure out all that bullshit with the uh, connection issues and everything. But yeah, that's just my two cents. I really don't have anything else to say about this topic, but I do have something from Indie so uh, you're going to get a little indie here because I asked him if he had any um, thoughts about this topic. Like, what does he think? So he sent me something just a few hours ago, and I'm going to read it on the show right now. Let's see. Where is it? Okay, here it is. Uh, and I'm not going to do his voice. Sorry. I'm, my voice is so dry and shot right now. I'm not going to try to mimic indie's voice. It's, it's funny because back in the day when I was younger, when I was like, 14 15 years old i did a lot of uh voice impressions and i i I had the ability to mimic people's voices if i heard it for a little while and i studied it i could copy it but as i got older my voice deepened and i lost that ability i could still do a few voices here and there but i don't have that talent anymore which sucks but anyway here's what indy said What's up, friends? I think the future of handhelds is something very different from what many of us remember. Going forward, it will break down into two different categories. What can be played through cloud-based gaming, like Xbox's Cloud Service and Stadia, and things like the Steam Deck and Switch? You'll never see a Vita 2, I agree with that, Indy, I don't think we're gonna see it, or another DS-style game that caters to a more compressed, handheld-friendly experience. I think the Steam Deck is going to push everyone to do better and set a new bar for the competition. Nintendo will always be in their own category and will never attempt to blow you away with hardware, but will continue to focus on selling you their IPs, and they will continue to be just fine. I wouldn't be surprised if you get a direct competitor to the Steam Deck from companies like Amazon or Google and one of those giant companies partnering with Epic to directly compete. Either way, handhelds will have never looked as powerful or capable as they will in the next couple of years. And I, for one, am very excited. So that's Indy's thoughts. So yeah, thanks Indy for uh, submitting that. I know you're not here to... uh, go into it further but i'm glad you were able to give us a little bit of your thoughts about this topic and him and me kind of echo the same thing here i mean there's a few things that are different but uh we're kind of on the same page yeah yeah i don't know what else to say i i think there's a uh interesting future with handheld gaming and I'm, i'm very curious to see where it's all gonna go and I do think the Steam Deck is going to do well enough for a Steam Deck 2. I, I think it's going to get even bigger once Valve is able to actually put these things on store shelves or on, on other websites like Amazon and all that. But that all comes down to the, the the manufacturing issues that are happening right now. Once that's all cleared up and Valve's able to get the decks on store shelves, like like if I just walk into a Best Buy and I see it there, once we get to that point, I think that's when the Steam Deck is really going to take off, as long as there's no weird issues with it over time. I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this topic. Um, I know I did a lot of talking here. And uh, let's see, what what's the runtime right now? Let me, oh, about an hour. Okay, wow. I actually... Hit my target time, and we haven't even done surprise mechanics yet. So, this is perfect. This is awesome. So, I guess we can just jump into surprise mechanics. Um, now, surprise mechanics is when Indy, Ash, and me will bring something completely random to the show. It could be a story, it could be about food, movies, video game trivia, or maybe one of us will reveal one of our darkest secrets on the show. Could happen. I mean, I've said a lot of personal shit on here already, so maybe I will share a dark secret at some point, but it's not this episode. But anyway, yeah. Surprise mechanics is random. We don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. And usually when there's two of us, I don't know what like Indy's is going to bring to the table. He doesn't know what I'm going to bring to the table. So that's why we call it surprise mechanics. Now. My surprise mechanic this week was an audible. I had another one planned, ready to go, but then something happened recently. I was playing Pinball FX3, and to be specific, I was playing the Jurassic Park table, the one that's based off the original movie. So there's a Jurassic Park pack that has three tables you got the original movie uh, Jurassic World and i think like a generic table i don't think it's based off any movie oh huh, okay this this is a uh, very uh, interesting let's just say that very very interesting when i was playing the Jurassic Park table i i was you know hitting the ball around triggering missions and i triggered the mission where the jeep wrangler comes out and the t-rex is chasing it and yes there's an actual t-rex chasing a jeep wrangler on the screen it's pretty cool uh so i I continued to play and i was trying to beat the mission but i failed and when i failed uh, the jeep wrangler kind of like rolls off the table which is pretty cool but then i heard something and i was like did i just hear that no like no 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 let me trigger the mission again so I, I triggered the mission again and i i got to that point i failed and they played it again well I, I i should mention that on this table they actually use recorded dialogue from the movie uh so so you'll hear um jeff goldblum's uh Malcolm character you'll hear uh dr grant um, so Sam Neil, and then and of course the rest of the characters as well. Now, when the Jeep Wrangler rolls off the table, so, sometimes it actually doesn't play this, because uh, I tried it a few more times and it didn't play it the other times. But sometimes, when this is triggered, Ellie, um, Ellie Sadler, uh, Laura Dern's character, she screams, "Shit!" shit shit you know when the t-rex is just right on the jeep wrangler and she's screaming she's yelling that out at the top of her lungs so what's the big deal you hear the shit 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 line here's the interesting thing pinball fx3 is rated e10 Now, if you know anything about the ESRB, they are very strict with language in their games. Like, to give you an example, uh, if you say an F-bomb in a game, it automatically becomes an M-rated game. You don't get that PG-13 rule where you could say it once, but you have to say it in a specific way and it's allowed. No, no, no. If you say it once in a video game, instantly M-rated, uh... T is a little bit more strict with that too. Now, I mean you could say these words in the a T game, but you have to be very uh specific in the reigning. Like you have to you have to say you know mild language or um just language or strong language. You got you gotta be very specific with that. I, I don't think I've ever heard this word before in an E rated game. I mean, have you ever heard of, of that, Jason, in any E ten game? No. You don't even hear hell. You don't hear damn. You don't hear damn it. You, 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 just, you just don't hear these words. They're usually reserved for T, And even in T, you sometimes don't hear it. Most of them are in like M-rated games. So I don't have the big words, then the medium words and the lower words. But yeah, uh, uh, Pinball FX, uh, what's the name of the developer? Uh, uh, Zen Studios. Uh, they snuck that in there. And you have to do a few things to trigger this. So it's not like you just start the table and you immediately hear it. You got to hit the left ramp multiple times. You got to get the the uh, what's the um, visitor center vehicles called, uh, Jason? Is that a Ford Explorer? OK, so you have to get that all the way to the right side of the screen by the bushes. And once you get it by the bushes, then uh, a little compartment opens up on the left side. and You got to shoot it in there. Then you can pick which mission you want to do. You can pick uh, a Dr. Grant mission or you could pick the Malcolm mission. And the Malcolm mission is the Wrangler chase and all that it's funny because if there is a disgruntled ex zen studios employee and you told them this they could use it against them they could get that ratings board involved and uh, force zen studios to remove it uh, or maybe they get a fine or the slap on the wrist i don't know the whole process but just think about it guys have you ever played an e-game with that kind of language in it? I don't really consider shit language. Like, it's like a normal word for me. It's actually one of my favorite words. So I like saying it. I like saying bullshit. I like saying this is shit. This, this, this is a shitty experience. I, I like using that word. But you just don't hear that in an e-game. You don't. So yeah, that's my surprise mechanic. <laughs> it surprised me, that's for sure. So I thought it was perfect to implement it into the show and use it to finish the episode. It's not like you hear it faint in the background. Like it's, it's loud and it's over the, the, the gameplays, mechanics and shit. The sound effects. You, you, you can't miss it. It's there. You you probably are like, man, Mike's really reaching here, but I I don't think I am. I think this is a special moment in my gaming history where I was like, wow, that's a first. That's a first. But anyways, thanks, guys, for listening to another episode of the Boundless Gamers podcast. I had a lot of fun here. Uh, my voice is pretty shot, though, because I'm not used to talking this long. Uh, usually I can just bounce it back to into your ash. They could talk. I can get a little breather, and then it comes back to me, and we just keep ping ponging back and forth. But when you do a solo episode, you got to talk the entire time. Sure, I can get up and go get a drink, take a few minutes which I did do because at one point my throat felt like it was going to close up. <laughs> so I don't know how some of these guys can do three, four hour podcasts by themselves. I'm just like, how? Oh, but maybe their throat's used to it. Maybe they're just pumping like halls into their mouths and they're just sucking on them like crazy before they do the show. I, I, I don't know, but I, I couldn't do that. I, I I don't want to do that. Because I don't like listening to three-hour podcasts. I don't. So why the hell am I going to make a three-hour podcast? Plus, it'd be a nightmare editing that shit, because I'm the editor. (sighs) All right. Well, I think that's it. Jason, uh, uh, do you have any final words? Do you want me to... He said, nope, he's good. He's good. I'm good. Uh, Hopefully, everybody's good that's listening. All right, well, I've taken up enough of your time. I want to get the hell out of here and uh, go play something. So we will catch you next week. But until then, you all have a good one. Stay safe and keep gaming.